welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host. I am super pumped that you are listening. On this episode of Water with Lemon, I'm chatting with Kristen Coons. Kristen is a motivational speaker, blogger, and is a fellow 20-something who shares with us about the dry season she experienced after coming out of college and what the Lord taught her in that season. You guys are going to immediately fall in love with this girl. Her deep East Texas accent will capture your heart, and her passion about chasing her dreams will inspire you. Be refreshed, my people. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Emma. I'm so excited you're going to be on the podcast today. I am too. I'm pumped. Look at you in your closet. I I wanted to be like you. (laughs) I was like, well, if Emma's in her closet, then I need to be in mine. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. Are we are we recording right now or do we like <laughs> how does this work? Maybe. How have you been? I've been doing really well. Things have been going really good lately, so I'm I'm in a really good place. Also, you look so good. Like I was oh, looking at pictures of you recently and I was like, she's tiny. <laughs> thank you. I've been doing Weight Watchers. No way. Where you do yeah. like count where you count like the yeah, points or whatever. Uh huh. Uh-huh. My mom yeah, does that too. Super easy. Because then it's like you can eat what you want. Yeah, you can still eat what you want. And I love food, so obviously I'm down. This is seriously the easiest diet I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah. Yes. And it's worked. Yeah, and it actually works. You wouldn't think that it works, but all you have to do is just meet your points every single day. You can't go over. You can't go under. But if you meet your points, you lose weight. And I do not understand it, but I'm not going to question it because I get to eat what I want. I mean, obviously you eat healthier, but, you know. You still get to, like I had Taco Bell yesterday, and I'm not sorry about it. Right. Because sometimes you just have to enjoy those little things in life, you know? Yeah, exactly, or you go crazy. Yeah, I'm not going to do Holy 30 or whatever, because... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that... mm -hmm. Because you can't eat anything. I know, it sounds terrible. Like ice cream, cookies... Yeah, it sounds miserable. Yeah, but apparently it helps you figure out like your allergies and what's good for you. And right. but you look good. Well, thank you very much. It's very sweet of you. It means a lot. Bless you. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself and what life looks like for you these days, I am a motivational speaker and a blogger, and I am working towards my dream of becoming a talk show host. I dream of having a show that glorifies God and that allows me to um, interview people and give them a place to share their story in hopes of encouraging other people. And so um, in the the meantime, because I'm not making a living doing that yet, I wear a couple of hats. I am I, I have a few different part-time jobs. Um, so I also I'm the activities coordinator at a children's museum. And then I That's fun. Yeah, fancy, I know. Yeah, I just I do fun stuff all the time. <laughs> I get to wear a gingerbread man oh costume gosh. and run around downtown. So, you know, the real deal. And then I also, I know, I know. And then I'm also a part-time marketing consultant for uh, um, Hardison's Marketplace. And then I also dox it. So I do a few different things to give me enough income while I, you know, chase my dreams and get going in that direction. I'm so proud of you for stepping out and choosing to do whatever you can to do what God has called you to do. Yeah. So tell us about your blog and what inspired you to start writing. So my blog 
my blog originally was called Seeking the Sunshine. And so I began back in college on a whim. A few different people had suggested blogging to me, but I never really thought I never really thought anything of it. And then but I've always loved English and I even I minored in English and I majored in communication. And so it's always I've always loved writing stories. I've always loved English class, even though my English teachers probably wouldn't know that because I <laughs> fell asleep every day when we were reading books. <laughs> but it was after lunch in my defense and I get sleepy it's after true. I eat. But um yeah, so I've always loved just telling stories and even whenever like Facebook first came out, I would my friends would always make fun of me because I would constantly be uh, writing these novel statuses because I'd always want to tell you know some something funny that happened or just something that came to mind. I would always want to share it with people, and so I would write. Everybody would just make fun of me all the time because I would write these super long statuses. <laughs> but I mean that's just what I did. But that was just what I was known for. I didn't know you know, and so. Yeah, so I've just always had an, a love for writing. And then um, sometime in college, I think it was my sophomore year, I just randomly started blogging as mm-hmm. a hobby. And it was just something that I turned to every now and then. And it really wasn't until after I graduated that I realized, for one thing, that people can make an income blogging and a lot of people make a living blogging. And, you know, the original plan was to graduate and I thought I would be moving to Los Angeles because I thought that I had to be in the entertainment industry. And so I was willing to go and sweep floors and work my way up. And then God was like, nope, that's Mm -hmm. not what you're going to do. And uh, that was whenever he just kind of led me down the path towards speaking and blogging. And so about a year or so after I graduated college, I began to take blogging very seriously. And I went from just being a hobby blogger, blogger and blogging every now and then to turning it into a business. And so, I mean, that is what I do is I I, I do I'm create a little bit of an income off of it, but it ultimately my goal is to be able to survive off of it. And so I do, I treat it as a business and it's something that I pour my heart and soul into every single day. And I just feel called to write and I, um, it's just something that God has given me a love to do. And so I'm just trying my best to just be a faithful steward of that because I know that he has given me this gift and he has given me this passion, even though it sounds crazy and it's not anything <clears throat> that, you know, the world, a lot of people don't think that it's a real Mm -hmm. thing and I get a lot of weird crazy looks whenever they're like what do you do and I said well here's what I do and I do you know I try to explain it all but you know it doesn't really doesn't it's not normal I guess it's not normal and it doesn't really make a lot of sense but um I love doing it and I just know that um that just I just know that God's given me that passion for a reason and that gift for a reason so I'm trying to do my best to use it as a a positive platform and a place to point others back to God. Yeah, because it's not necessarily what culture says is the thing that you're supposed to do. Coming out of college, you're supposed to find a really good job and jump in and live on your own and things like that. And that's just what the culture tells us, right? But the Lord doesn't always work that way. He often doesn't, right? He's not about what everyone is telling you to do. Um, He ran around with his disciples all over the place anyways he didn't even have a home exactly he was just a minister <laughs> so the greatest one he didn't even have a home yeah he was he is he was is is come <laughs> that's so good i love it uh was there ever a moment when you doubted your calling to speak and write you're like lord what are you doing here um i not necessarily I haven't necessarily doubted my calling. 
I've definitely doubted the journey. To me, that's kind of two different things because I feel most alive whenever I'm speaking and writing. And I know that that is, and <clears throat> my spiritual gift is encouragement. And so encouraging, by, that's at the root of who I am. I'm, I am an encourager. And I do that most through speaking and blogging and writing. And I've known probably, probably since high school, I've known that God was, that that was how God was going to be using me most was through writing and through speaking. And so I've never necessarily doubted that calling because I know that that's, I'm most alive when I'm doing those things, that I am in my sweet spot when I'm getting to speak and, and, and write and encourage people and motivate others um, on their journey and to, you know, find their purpose and live, you know, be obedient, surrender everything and follow their dreams. And, but there's definitely been times when I've doubted the journey because, you know, we're human beings. We can only see what's right in front of us. And there, I mean, a thousand, I'll be the first one to say that a thousand times I have wondered, you know, God, what are you doing? I know that this is, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, truth. There's one thing, you know, truth, but as human beings, we still experience all those human emotions. And so there are times when I'm like, God, what are you doing? What's happening? Because we can't, we can't always see what he's doing, but I still know truth and I trust him. And I know that I'm supposed to do this, but how I do it, that's, I think where I find myself discouraged or wondering at times, because I have to remind myself that there are a million different ways for God to give us to our, per- get us to, our, to wherever, wherever we're it is constantly being sanctified, right? Like it's a process. Yes, it's not constantly. just, yeah. you know, as soon as you get out of college and in your twenties, like we have so much life to live and a big journey to follow with the Lord. Yeah. So, yeah, for so sure. you kind of talked to me a little bit about how you know, that first stepping out and following your calling uh, was kind of a dry season for you. So will you tell us a little bit about that and what that dry season was like? Definitely. So what's so cool about God is like whenever he whenever he calls us to do something and obviously he knows what's best for our lives, but we're terrified. We're scared because that sounds crazy. What are people going to say? We don't want to do it because people are going to think we're crazy. <laughs> But it's like God just continue. He constantly, not you know, nudges at us and, and you know pokes us and all this stuff, and He calls us down this path. And when we finally say yes, when we're finally obedient, He provides. And so that's what happened to me. So I, you know, again, I graduated and I was confused and I was like, I felt like moving back home was. I felt like a failure because I was moving back home. I felt like um, that I wasn't going to be able to follow my dreams. And I was thinking, you know, how in the world is how how in the world can I be a talk show host if I'm living in East Texas? You know, we got pine trees, <laughs> you know? And so, and so whenever I did finally say yes to that and I, I was obedient and I began to walk faithfully, God immediately placed speaking engagements in my lap. I kid you not, mm-hmm. um, just out of nowhere. And I was just blown away and just so humbled because all I had to do was say yes. And he got me started. Like he immediately affirmed Hmm. my decision. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. And so for about a year, I was very thankful to have um, a a decent number of speaking engagements. Um, And then, so I had been speaking for about a year and then all of a sudden I just stopped getting speaking Hmm. engagements. And uh, (laughs) um, I started, I experienced, anxiety and I found out that I had anxiety and I had had it for a very long time and so I was going through this period of learning about that and trying to figure out well 
you know, God, you know, what do I need to do about this and how do I handle this and all this. And so in the, so in the meantime, I'm battling with this and it was very difficult, very hard. And, um, it was the hardest year of my life. And so I'm battling that. And then I'm not having any speaking engagements Mm. and I'm, I'm doing the same thing that I had been doing. I wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I work all day long. I just go nonstop because that's all I know and constantly emailing, you know, I sent out hundreds of emails and (laughs) I remember sitting at books a million, sending out, you know, you're uniquely crafting every single email and sending it out to a bajillion Mm -hmm. people and no response, nothing. And I had no idea. I mean, it was the, I think what was hardest was because I had, you know, God had just provided so much for me in the beginning. And, and I was still, you know, I was still doing what I knew I was called to do and being faithful and, and working hard and everything. But then all of a sudden it just seemed mm. to stop. And I didn't understand why. Do you think there's a purpose behind why you did that? Do, do you know now why? Yeah. So for sure, like looking back in hindsight, it was evident, like God, I was so thankful. At first I was so discouraged and I was frustrated because I am, I want to progress in all areas of my life. I want to, I'm just, I'm a goal setter and I wake up and I just do what I need to do to reach those goals. And, um, I lost my train of <laughs> You'll be able to cut all this part out, right? <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that's all that I knew. And then, you know, I was working so hard and in hindsight, a couple months went by and I began getting help. I began, um, earning, understanding anxiety and everything and learning how to deal with it and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And I realized in hindsight that God had been protecting me because what I thought was, I was so frustrated because I'm like, why don't I have speaking engagements? Why all of a sudden is this just dull and dry and terrible? And then I realized, like, I found myself so extremely grateful because I realized, God had been protecting me because had I had speaking engagements, I would have continued digging myself into a hole. I would have continued because I was on the verge mm-hmm. of depression and um, like that's how how bad it was. And um, I realized like God blessed me with that time of healing, with that time to just sit and find rest in him and to learn and to grow. But most importantly, mm-hmm. to heal. And um even though it was a horrible year, again, the worst year of my life, I wouldn't trade it for the world because, I mean, it, there was just so much growth yeah. in that year and there was so much, I had to really be patient. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just, he definitely, I realize now that he really does have our mm-hmm. best interest in mind. We don't understand it at first. We're thinking, you know, God, like we were doing so good. What's going on? And all of a sudden, where are you at? But it's understanding that God really does have our best interest in mind. And when things aren't growing or, or progressing in the way that we want them to, you know, those dry seasons are just as much a part of the journey as the fruitful seasons. And that's something that he is definitely teaching me right now, because again, you know, I'm guilty myself of thinking that we constantly always have to be progressing, but that's not how life works. And sometimes, sometimes God is just saying, no, you know, sit and rest with me, learn with me, grow with me, learn to depend solely on me. And so, I mean, it's definitely, I'm very thankful. And it's been a huge mm-hmm. blessing. And, you know, it, it didn't make a lick of sense at the time. But now I could not be more grateful for it because here I am now, you know, fast forward a year, I am at a, an incredible place. And I I feel more ready and more equipped and more prepared than ever before for what lies ahead. I love that. That's awesome. And it takes it takes that sharpening, those seasons where he kind of knocks you on the floor, right? And he's like, hey, 
I'm here yeah. and you know what? We need to work through some stuff. So that's yeah. really cool. Even though it was hard, sure. it's cool to see that now you see his faithfulness. So what do you think the enemy was telling you in that dry season? Definitely that I was not doing enough. And again, this comes back to my personality. I'm a very hard worker. And so I felt as if I had to keep trying harder and harder and harder, even though I was doing the exact same thing that I had been doing. I just wasn't seeing the same results. And so I just felt convinced that I just still wasn't doing enough, which is silly because I was do you know there's a quote that I love that says work like it depends on you but pray like it depends on God because it does and so you know God calls us to to be faithful stewards and to work hard and to um, you know strive to glorify and honor him and then ultimately we're handing all of that to him yeah during that time definitely I just um, I just definitely I felt like I was not doing enough I felt like I nothing I nothing I did could add up to anything and I just continue to try harder and harder and Mm. harder only to continue coming up short. Um, And so I was convinced that it was me. It was me. But ultimately, I just it wasn't. It was nothing that I was doing or not doing. It was just a matter of, you know, I need to, first of all, just stop and depend Mm. on the Holy Spirit. And during that dry season, I think I was definitely tempted to rely solely on myself and to try to do it all on my own because I would. I would, as as I mentioned, you know, you keep trying harder you keep trying mm-hmm. to do it on your own versus surrendering it and letting the Holy Spirit just, you know, handing it to him and saying, you know, take this, you know, do with it whatever you will and work in me and do do whatever it is you need to do yeah. in me. I was while you were saying that, I was thinking of a song uh, by Rita Springer. It's called There's No Striving. And it kind of talks about, you know, how the Lord doesn't require anything of us striving to be more and do more does not matter to him, right? He, that's not the gospel. The gospel is that we are the ones who mess up all the time and he sent his son to pay for that, right? And there's nothing good that we could do to uh, give us our worth or add up to our salvation. Uh, There's nothing that we could possibly do, no good works, right? But so many of us think like, I myself am such a people pleaser. I want to go and make sure, you know, I'm doing the best I can for everybody in my life and pleasing others. But the Lord doesn't care about that, right? He's not right. He's not more impressed when we're doing more. But you, I know, I know you're probably thinking in that season, we're like, but I just want to do a lot for you, you know? That's what I'm trying to right. do. I'm trying yeah. to do it for you, yeah, but like I just need to do something, right? But he is also yeah. he's also a lover of rest, right? He loves to give us that yeah. rest. And so I think it's cool that he gave you that time to be able to rest and listen to you instead of the enemy. Did yeah, you ever yeah. feel like God was distant in that season or that he had forgotten about you? Um, yes. <laughs> Simple answer, yes. I, I cry a lot. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing. I, I want to emphasize that I do, I know truth. And so like deep down, I know that God loves me. I know that he has not forgotten about me. I know he cares for me and he is going to provide for me. I know all of these things. I know truth and I know he will provide, you know, because mm-hmm. that's just who he is. That's, that's his character. But <laughs> the human side of me 
I, I am guilty in, in, in falling into that at times. And so I will be the first to tell you that I have breakdowns every now and then because and I just sob because for one thing, it is so hard and it's so hard to just constantly be working on something and, and just repeatedly getting after it every single day and then not really seeing mm-hmm. the results. And, and not even that it's about the results, which is, it's so hard. You know, it's, I think that it's so hard because it's not about us. It's not about us. It's about him, you know? And so we want to work so hard to see these certain results, but we might not ever mm-hmm. see the results. We may never see the results yeah. of the side of heaven, which is very difficult for us to swallow. And so for me, you know, it's, we're encouraged whenever we know somebody has been touched by a blog post or when we know somebody has been, you know, in, encouraged through this or that we, you know, it makes us feel good, but we don't always have those right. affirmations. So, so, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I know truth, but there are definitely times when I do cry my eyes out and wonder what God mm-hmm. is doing. Even though I know he's doing, I know he's doing, I just can't see mm-hmm. what he's doing. But the human side of me wants to see those tangible reminders every now yeah. and then to give me the boost, you know. That's but right. Like, can you just give I'm me a little, still. like, just a little message that tells me what something. the heck you're doing here, Lord? Yeah, because you're right. Yeah. It is. It's one thing to know it. And then it's another thing to truly right. believe it and to follow in that right. every single day, every moment. Right. To just right. Like, believe that truth. Yeah. So that brings us to how did you combat those lies? How did you um, hang on to truth? I just scripture for one thing. And I really I, I you know, when you're whenever you're you feel like you have nothing else. That's when we depend most yeah. on God. And, and that's why it's a blessing. In hindsight, you're like, wow, like I would go through that a hundred times if I knew that our our relationship would have grown as mm-hmm. much as it has now. And so, um, yeah, I definitely found myself just constantly referring to scripture and just waking up and trying to do my best to put God first no matter what, no matter what was going on, um, trying to seek him and continue growing and knowing him more and trying to figure out what it, what it is he's trying to teach me. And so definitely scripture for sure, his word, um, and just knowing, you know, reading through and just being reminded of, of his, of the way that he provides and everything. And, um, also another thing that helps me, this is, I have a dream journal. And so, you know, whenever I chose to finally surrender those dreams to God, you know, I still, I write down my dreams. And so I I really encourage everybody to write down your dreams, get them on paper, because that's like you saying, okay, God, like, here I am, let's do this. Like it's admitting out loud the things that are constantly stirring inside of our hearts that we don't, we're afraid to speak out loud. And so I have this dream journal and basically it's just between me and God. And so uh, it's filled with prayers. It's filled with Bible verses. It's filled with inspirational quotes. And then it's also filled with um, God's faithfulness. And so I might start crying. I'll try not to. (laughs) But um, so um, I do my I do my very best every time God every time God shows up in my life, whenever it's whether it's through something that somebody says to me or if it's through just a way that he a miracle that he literally provided for me, anything, anything like that that happens in some no matter how big or small it may seem. I write it down. And so during my dry season, I would f- refer to that a lot That's because good. it pointed me back to tangible proof of all the times that God has proved himself faithful in my life on this journey. 
you know? And so I always had that physical reminder to where I could go and see. And that's what I love about journaling and writing it down because you do, because we forget we're humans. We forget we have little bitty teeny tiny minds. And, um, Lord knows I set a thousand reminders for everything in my life. And, and so whenever you have it written down, you're able to refer to it and go back and just see all the times God has showed up. And if God's going to show up here and, and here and on page 32 and 42 and 57 and, and 162, God's going to show up on the next page too. Like he always does. He, he is always there. He was, he will always provide. And so, yeah, that definitely helped me as well because it reminded me of all the times he has been there for me. And it reminded me that he will continue to be there for me no matter what, even when it's dark, even when it's hard, even when I don't understand, um, you know, my dream journal between me and God says otherwise, you know, it says it gives me all the answers that all the answers that I need, all the encouragement that I need to mm, keep going. Preach it, sister. That's preach good. it. <laughs> what are some, do you have some specific scriptures that you think about? Definitely. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will keep your path straight. I have in my car, because I'm in my car a lot. I love driving. It's me. It's, I mean, I jammed to my music. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I have little concerts in there, but I also, that's my prayer time. And so um, I have a little, little, great. Now I can't even think of the word, a little note card thing, a little flip thing of, of Bible verses. And so I kept Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 hanging in the front. And I would just constantly be praying over that and praying, you know, praying to be able to apply that into my life and to, for God to just really help me fully live that out and believe that. And so that, that was a verse that I definitely, um, clung to a lot. And then also Proverbs nineteen twenty one. many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Um, and so I have to, con- and that's another thing. I, that's one thing about me. I have to constantly remind myself, like I forget, even though I know I forget. And so I'm constantly having to remind myself, like, you know, I make all these plans. I have Again, I'm a, a list maker. I'm a, I have my to-do lists and all this sort of thing. And I've got all my goals. And so, but I, because mm-hmm. that's my personality, but I have to remind myself that, you know, we make all the plans and we think that we have it all figured out. Um, and then God looks at our plans and at the very bottom, I imagine him writing uh TBT, TB, TBD, to be mm. determined, my child, because, you know, we think that we have it all set in stone, but God's like, okay, you know, I'll let you whatever, but ultimately I'm going to guide you where you need to go because I know that that's what's going to give me maximum glory and what's going to, um, you know, help you yeah. grow the most. I love and those. So, those are good ones. It's like, you got to just repeat those scriptures over and over and over yes. again, even when you're not really believing them because there's so much yeah. power in it. Just speaking it over yeah. yourself. Amen. I'm yeah. going to make you sure. back up a little bit because I really want to ask you about okay. your anxiety in that season and what that looked like and what the Lord kind of redeemed you of. I've actually had anxiety for a very long time, but I never knew that I had anxiety, which probably sounds silly. No, but it doesn't. That I was that was how I was. Um, I had it since I was in third grade but I didn't know that it was anxiety until I was in maybe college high school college yeah yeah because it was all you had never it's all you had ever known um and so it wasn't until it it got worse as you I guess as the years went on and then 
Um, I had been working with my dad selling insurance. Fun. And um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm very thankful to have worked with my dad and everything. It was definitely a blessing. And again, God provided. He always says. Um, but he, you know, he was, I found out he, you know, he was going to retire and everything. And I, so I wasn't sure what I was going to do because the plan was to work there and I could still chase my dreams while having a steady income to provide for me and everything. And so all of a sudden I'm panicking and that was whenever it started picking up and I started experiencing physical symptoms. And whenever I started experiencing the physical symptoms where, you know, I felt like my heart is about to explode out of my chest and I can't breathe and I'm short of breath. And even when I'm sitting down, laying down, whatever, Mm -hmm. my heart is racing 900 miles an hour and I can, I can't breathe. And so I started researching and Googling Uh, like my symptoms and everything, you know, Google. I don't recommend (laughs) it, but in my case, it, it helped. Um, and so I started reading about anxiety and I was like, wow, I think that I have anxiety. And I took some little test and I literally met every <laughs> requirement that sure, it was um, very to diagnose yeah. myself, I guess. <laughs> and, um, and so I just remember it was such a blessing because again, I'm somebody, I don't, I don't like to ask for help. I don't want to appear weak. I want to, um, you know, tough, you know, yeah. suck it up and get Rub on with it. That's just, it. I, yeah. Um, and so I remember, you know, the, but it was so bad. And I remember where I was, all my family was over at my house and we were outside in the backyard and I had picked up my niece and all of a sudden I just felt like it was horrible. And I kid you not, the next thing I have no control over my body. I'm telling mm. you, it was weird. Um, but I just, next thing I, I just set my niece down and I walked inside and I just word vomited everywhere. And I was like, I think that I have anxiety to my family. And, um, so yeah, so like that was just a blessing for sure. Because had I not experienced it, experienced the physical symptoms, I would have never mm-hmm. asked for help. Um, you know, the, the, con- the constant racing thoughts, everything that I experienced, that was all I had never known. I had never known anything different. I thought it was mm-hmm. normal, but you know, I never talked to anybody about it because, I don't know that I don't know it was I just didn't and um so so I really believe that like having even though it was scary experiencing those the physical symptoms I was very thankful for it and I feel like um God again he protected me because that was what caused me to speak up that 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 is what scared me the most and that was whenever I knew you know this isn't right this isn't normal this isn't okay I need to get help I need to find mm-hmm. out what's going on um and so so yeah that was um, yeah, that's kind of how it all began. And so I did, you know, I did go and talk with somebody and, um, I do take medicine for it. And I, I know that different people have different, um, opinions about that, but I'm very thankful that, um, God, that, you know, that yeah. that is something that's available to us and, you know, that there's, it's there, you know, and so I'm, it helped me mm-hmm. tremendously. And also like, I've also, and so like you, you do have, I don't really know how to explain it. You've got something that's helping you, but then also like you, you realizing that you have it. And so you're more alert and you're more um, conscious of it. And so you're, you're more reliant and saying you're, you're able to take those thoughts, those Mm. thoughts captive and you're able to see, Oh, okay. You know, this is an anxious thought. This isn't something. And so then you're, you find yourself praying Mm. to get through that. And you're like, okay, God, like I know that these aren't real thoughts. I know that this isn't something that I really need to be upset about or stressed about. Help me to, you know, help me to see how I need to handle this. Help me to calm down and um, help me to trust you with this situation. Mm-hmm. And so they all come together. You think, you know, it's, 
it's it's really cool to me how it all works out because you do like you do have like yes I do take medicine but also you know I'm I'm learning to be self aware and I'm learning to recognize it more and then you know you you're constantly praying and God is helping you maneuver through all of it and get through all of it and so you're relying more on him because yeah. does that make sense I'm I'm thankful because even through that I grew to know him more because I was having to rely mm-hmm. on him even more yeah. than before to learn how to fight through this and to learn how to get a hold of it and to get it under control so that I could live mm. a normal life um and by his grace, I, I do. I have never known what it's like to not lie in bed at night with a bajillion thoughts mm-hmm. running through my head and to not worry about worst case scenario for every little yeah. situation, which, which a lot of people will never understand that, which is, you know, that's okay. Um, but it's like, I feel like a normal person for the first mm-hmm. time in my life. I feel so free. I feel... I mean, it's, I, I honestly, I felt like I was on cloud nine. It was just a, a wow. 180 turn because I st- I had stopped playing basketball and I love playing basketball. I go to the park all the time. That's just, that's again, that's time with me and God. That's a passion that I have. And I love sharing it with him and, and shooting at the park by myself <laughs> with him. And, um, you know, I stopped doing all the things that made me me. I stopped doing all the things that I loved. And so whenever I was mm. struggling with anxiety and then, and so then, you know, I'm on the other side of that now and I'm just... It's just incredible. It's incredible to look back at how low I was mm-hmm. because I was on the verge of depression. I stopped talking to people. I stopped. Gosh, it was it was terrible. And I was just in this really dark place and I didn't mm-hmm. know how to get out. And I was just irritable all the time. And it just continued to get worse. And I just stopped talking and I stopped. I'm going to start crying. It was very hard. <laughs> it was very hard. Um so yeah, and so I'm just very thankful to be where I am and just to see how far God has brought me and how much he has protected me because I definitely believe I'm just very thankful to be facing where I'm thankful to be at this point in my journey, having overcome that because it's just been incredible. And another, this is kind of a side story. I'm talking a lot. That's the whole point of a podcast. It's um, okay. <laughs> so what's so cool is that so I blog weekly or I, what? Well, no, no, I take that back. I was blogging biweekly at the time for a very long time up until recently. And so anyway, so last year I was when I was blogging biweekly, you know, that's a lot of blog yeah. posts throughout the year. It's two blogs, do two blog posts a week. And at the end of the year, I always do like a recap of most popular posts and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And so I was going through my Google Analytics to try to see, you know, what were my top 20 posts or whatever. And I, I started crying whenever I realized, because I wrote a blog post about it. Did I've I mean, seen I the anxiety one. I wrote a blog post about yeah. it. Yes. And the feed, I was terrified to write it. I knew God was calling me to write it. Um, but I was so scared and I uh, put it off. But as soon as I posted it, the feedback, I mean, people mm-hmm. related and God just proved himself. He's like, you know, this is what happens when you say yes to me. Like people need to hear this. This is, you know, for that mm-hmm. one person. And so, okay, so sorry, that was the backstory. Okay, flash <laughs> forward back to whenever I'm writing this post about my top most popular post from 2017 and that blog post about my anxiety, telling that story, being honest about it was my most read wow. blog post by a long shot. And so it was so cool to see that, to see God's faithfulness because that's not something that I mm-hmm. wanted to share because, you know, that's a really hard situation. And, you know, you know, a lot of people have different opinions about anxiety and depression and 
it was a very scary, vulnerable mm-hmm. moment for me. But it's like when we are vulnerable, when we are transparent, when we are honest with those around us, it it changes everything because God comes in and he knows who needs to read it. He knows, um, you know, who's struggling with that and, and all, and, you know, and just everything. He knows it all. And it was, it was just incredible to see the faithfulness and saying, you know, this, this is why I need you to be obedient. This is why I need everybody. This is, you know, speaking, you know, to, to the individual person, God is like, this is why I mm-hmm. need you to be obedient. This is what happens when you're obedient. I come through, you know, I come through in ways that you would never imagine. And so never in a, ma- a million years that I think that my anxiety post would be my mm-hmm. most read blog post mm-hmm. ever, ever. And it was. And it was just, it's unreal because it was the hardest time of my life. It was the worst time of my life. But also the most beautiful mm-hmm. and the most transforming and the most life-changing. And so it's just, God is just so good. God is just so stinking good. And I'm just very mm-hmm. thankful, very humble. It's so cool. It's like that's... You know, where he shows that he's strong in our weakness, right? He's like, okay, you went through this and it was hard, but we drew near to each other, right? And then look, here's some purpose in in why you had to go through it. And here's some fruit from it. Like, I'm going to take your vulnerability in writing this post and look what I'm going to do with it. And how many people, again, going back to earlier of, you probably will have no idea, Kristen, the the seeds that you have planted through that post and so many others that you have written, you know? Yeah. And it just really, it just really taught me the importance of sharing our stories and how so often we want to keep our struggles to ourselves and we don't want to let the world know we're hurting. We don't, we want to give the church answer, Mm -hmm. but it's like, no, that's not like God needs us to be honest with each other. He needs us to open up because we have no idea who else is struggling with this. Who else needs somebody to yeah. go first and say, this is what I'm struggling with. And then their eyes pop open and their ears perk up and they're like, wait, what? Me too. I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone in this because we do by not sharing, by not being honest, by not sharing our stories and what we're it's struggling just keeping, with. Keeping sin in the darkness. Right. And he asks us to bring it to the light. And, and Satan takes mm-hmm. hold of those whenever we do keep it to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and we do think that we're alone and others aren't struggling. But we all, we all are struggling. We mm-hmm. all have our own struggles. Yeah, because the enemy loves, he loves to tell us that we're alone in our sin and in our struggle, yes. right? Yes. Uh, yes, I and 100% so the agree. longer that we keep it there and the more that we allow it to just replay over and over again in our brains, the more he mm-hmm. uses that to tear away at us and continue to tell us lies, right? Yep. Man, yep. the enemy. Why I oughta. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to do that? What is that from? Uh-oh, uh uh-oh. Oh, oh, parent oh, the parent trap. trap. Whenever they're doing the gousting scene or whatever at the very end, and they're, they're getting real mad. Just, you know. <laughs> oh, so good. I love it. Uh, what do you think the Lord has taught you most in the time since graduating college and stepping out into your dreams? He has taught me that what he can do with my life and what he wants to do with my life um, is far bigger and better than my wildest imagination. And the plans that he has for us are so uniquely created for us 
that they are they are more fulfilling than anything. And we think, you know, even I want to tell you something. Yes, I tell please, you something? Kristen. I mean, I know I know we're going to be telling other people. Tell me. <laughs> wow. Okay, this is like a big deal, but it's a very good example. And this is actually something that I was I'm going to be sharing on my blog post soon. So spoiler alert. So, you know, originally I, I, I want to be a talk show host. And so that's been a dream of mine since I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not even kidding. So like whenever I would drive to call stations, I would be, I would be having, to, I would be interviewing people pretend in my car. Okay. <laughs> oh that's, my gosh. Okay. I believe it. <laughs> Little tidbit about me. <laughs> and so, um, um, so anyway, you know, originally you just think, okay, you have to go to, California, you have, you know, you have to live in Los Angeles, you have to live in Atlanta or Chicago, you have to live in these big city places in order to have a talk show host. But last summer, so living at home, people, listeners, I live at home with my parents, okay, it is what it is. (laughs) Just going to get that out there. Very thankful for parents who believe in me and support my dreams and um, are just my biggest supporters, my number one fans. And so I'm very humbled and thankful for that. And so living at home these past three years, since I've graduated college, God has just specifically this past like eight or nine months, God has just been doing a lot in my heart. And after overcoming the anxiety and everything and getting a handle on that, I found myself wanting to serve the community. And I'm, and I'm asking myself, you know, God, what's mm-hmm. my role here? And I just became so passionate about letting my roots run deep, right mm-hmm. where I am because so often we want we think we have to be in a specific specific place in order for God to use us but for goodness sake God is not limited by Amen. our location okay so that is a huge lesson that I have learned first of all okay I'm getting to the point eventually I promise oh, this is good <laughs> and so and so all of that is just building up inside me and even now like I have all of these thoughts bouncing around in my head and just in my heart and Whenever I began working at uh, the Children's Museum downtown, it's in downtown Longview. And so I was, I would constantly be driving downtown and where I live, it's just kind of, we're working to develop downtown more, I guess, to put it that way. And so just the more I drove downtown, the more I found myself falling more and more in love with not just Longview, but White Oak, okay, and just this area in general. And I just found myself constantly wondering, like, God, like, why can't I have a mm-hmm. talk show here? And, okay, so this is, okay, so I'm like, why why can't I? Who's to say you couldn't make that happen? And the more specific my dream, the more, the more God is going to have to come through and the more of a miracle it's going to be because that's mm-hmm. not normal. And I'm talking, I'm talking like big city in mm-hmm. small town. Yeah. Does that make sense? And obviously, I don't know if that's what God actually has in store for me, but that's the mm-hmm. dream that I'm chasing until he mm-hmm. says otherwise. But it's like just going back to that, that God is not limited by our location. And so my my dream in these past eight or nine months has just become more and more and more specific. And I want to have a talk show here in Longview. And I feel so called and drawn to these people that I'm living by and that are that are here in my corner. And I'm wondering, like, God, like, how do you want to use me? What is my role here? How can I serve these people with my gifts and with my passions? And so that's kind of where I am, that that God has just taken this dream that's just, you know, we had this big idea, mm-hmm. this big dream. 
And I would, you know, I'm more than willing to sacrifice. I am more than willing. Like if God says go, I'll go. I want to go. And I was willing to do that three years ago. And I'm still just as willing now. But it's like God has made me realize like you can have the best of both worlds. And and we does that make sense? Not not in a selfish Mm -hmm. way, but it's like we we have all of there's a time and a place, of course. And every every story is different. But it's like. We have all these ideas and we think we have to do something specific or, or, or whatever, go to a certain place. But it's like God can make mm. anything happen. And and the more specific our dreams, the more bold our prayers are, the more God is going to have to come through, which mm. is incredible because it's all he's going to get mm. the glory where, you know, because. Yes. Does that make sense? Am I making any This is kind of I was not planning on sharing this at all. Here we but, go. Um, <laughs> It's just so neat because we think it's just incredible. I'm just blown away and I'm just speechless because my dream has just become even more specific because I've realized just how yeah. big God is and who am I to put him in a box? Who am I to doubt that he can't make that happen? Who am I like, why not ask him for that? Why not pray that pray circles mm. around this because it is drawing me closer to the creator and it is, it's making it, evident to where it's not about mm-hmm. me like in order for something like that to happen we have to depend solely on him like we work hard we have to you know put in the effort but ultimately like we're praying and we're handing it to him and we're trusting him like here god take this do with it what you will but i know i, I know you're faithful and i know that you can do far more than what my mm-hmm. human brain can think of and so I guess that's the biggest thing. The biggest lesson is that God is not limited by our location. It doesn't matter if we're living at home with our parents or living in a big city or whatever. We are, it's, it's mm-hmm. all in his purpose. It's all like we are just as much inside of his will, no matter mm-hmm. where we are. And there's not a single thing that he cannot make happen. And I think a lot of times we fall into the trap in believing and even me, I'm like, I'll admit, like, for those two years, um, the first two years, I was, I didn't want to get involved with my community. I didn't, I was just kind of here and I was just surface, surface mm-hmm. level living. But now that I've been taking root and really pouring in and allowing those passions to stir up in my heart, um, I'm, I'm just realizing more and more and more that we really are called to just bloom mm. where we're planted, whether it's for a few years or a few months or for the rest of our life. Like God has us where we are for yes. a reason. And we are called to be faithful stewards of our, our gifts and our passions. And we are called to just serve him wherever we are and not be babies about it. We often want to whine and complain about where he has us, but it's like, He's not surprised by our location. He's not surprised by mm-hmm. our predicament. You know, he he's not surprised that I'm living at home. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's our job to be responsible. And it's it's our job to ask, okay, God, like, this is where you have, like, for one thing, we have to accept it. Again, he has us where we are for a reason. And then we need to figure out, you know, God, like, what, how do you want to mm-hmm. use me here? What's my role here? What do you want me to do in Longview, Texas, in White Oak, Texas? How can I serve my community? How can I be a light for you and help you like build your kingdom mm-hmm. right where I am? Mm-hmm. How can we do that? And who, you know, who do I need to get on my team? Like, it's just, it's just incredible. Like God is just so stinking good. And I just, I'm just blown away by, I'm just thankful, you know, it, and it's, it just, it, I can't even put it mm-hmm. into words. It's just it's so it's cool. What he's amazing. Taught you. 
And I've I've been talking yeah. about that a lot lately with different friends and just you know, again, that culture tells us that we have to go. Culture tells us what is cool to do and what places are cool to be in uh, in mm-hmm, order to mm-hmm. live up to just this fake view of what you should be doing and where you should be, right? So, yeah, you know, yeah. we have this, like, ranking of what is a great job and where is a great place to live. And the Lord does not care yeah. about that at all. Amen. Right? He is, does, he's not yes. more impressed with somebody who is in Africa. I, I don't know. As somebody who is overseas serving the Lord, he loves and he has so much purpose for them, but he is not more impressed with that person than he is for Kristen Kuntz, who's living with her parents and living wow. out her God's calling on her life, you know? And so the yeah. culture, our yeah. culture has told us lies about that for sure and so I love that you said like bloom where you're planted like God has you where you are for a reason so figure out what your purpose is there and live in that right yeah because we're going to be we're going to be held held accountable for Mm -hmm. where we are you know and God's going to say well what did you do like did you go out and um strive to plant seeds and and point others towards me at home. Like God wants us to be faithful Mm -hmm. in small things so that later we can be faithful in big things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's just, we think that it's irrelevant, but it matters and we can make a difference no matter where we are. And we're called to make a difference. We're called to step out, even if it's uncomfortable. And even if we're Mm -hmm. scared, we're called to, to, you know, get, ask God to complicate our lives, you know, and, just serve him right where we are, right where our feet That's are right. planted. Because you have a sphere of influence that I can't reach, right? There's people that you know and that are around you that maybe don't know the Lord or just need seeds planted in their life. And same with me. There's people in my life that you don't know. And so the Lord has us where we are to minister to those people that are right there around us. Not the people that are on Instagram that we scroll through and are like, oh man, I want to be like them, right? He has us where we are with the people that are around us for a purpose. And so I love that he's taught you that. That's really cool. I'm learning that as well. Yeah. Uh, So uh, what's one thing that you would tell 20-somethings who are in a dry season and feel like the Lord maybe has forgotten about them? I would say to dig in, even though it's not fun, I will be the, you know, again, I will be the first to say that it's hard and you're not going to enjoy it. And it's discouraging and, um, comparison, I guess it's easy to fall into that comparison trap, but ultimately to dig in and to lean on him and to trust that he's just as much at work in the dry seasons as he is in the fruitful seasons and how we react, how we respond to the dry, to the dry seasons in our life. They are what they, they alter our, how do I word this? They alter the impact we make during fruitful seasons. And so, for example, if I'm, I feel more prepared. I feel like God has taught me so much. I feel even, I mean, I obviously there's times when I definitely still feel inadequate, but um, you know, obviously I am, but ultimately I feel, you know, the dry season that I went through, there was purpose in that dry season. And we don't see that purpose at the time, but that. It doesn't mean that it's not there. That doesn't mean that it's non-existent. It's still there, but often it takes getting through that dry season, being faithful, digging in, continuing, waking up, leaning into what God is teaching us and striving to look for that Mm -hmm. lesson because we're going to come out better for it on the other side. We don't think Mm -hmm. that at first. 
we think that God is punishing us. Uh, we think that, you know, it's the worst thing in the world, which it very well could be very difficult, very hard, but we're going to come out on the other side, knowing mm-hmm. him more and to just honestly, to just remind them that it's not about us. It's not about us. It is about what God is doing. It is about glorifying him. And it's, it's about allowing him to, you know, ultimately the end goal, my fate, my life verse is Romans eight twenty eight. That is my life verse. And because it is a constant reminder that no matter what we face, Romans eight twenty eight, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, those who have been called according to his purpose. And we often hear that and we think, okay, well, life is going to be good. Life is going to be, you know, halo top ice cream oh and, um, you know, whatever else. But ultimately, I'm, a, I'm obsessed with it, by the way. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, we think that it's going to be good, but that's not what it's about. It is that good is becoming like Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And so no matter what we face, when we do have these dry seasons, we have to remind ourselves that in all things, even in those dry seasons, and especially in those dry seasons, that God is shaping us and molding us to become like Christ. That is our end goal. That is the good that we're working for. And so even when our external circumstances are the pits, what matters is what we're allowing the Holy Spirit to do inside of us. Because we're striving to become, we, or at least we should hopefully be striving to become more and more like Christ with every mm. breath we take. And that's what it's about. It is about becoming mm. more so like him. So much truth, you know. Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> so good. You know when you get so excited that you're like, you start like tensing up and you get hungry? <laughs> oh, that oh hungry. You? That's pretty serious. You know, you're just so excited. Um, do I get hungry? I start yelling, I think. Oh, yeah. Maybe but like really, you have a yell know, in you. Hungry. You want to be like, oh, yeah. You know, and start oh, oh, yelling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I would get hungry, but I'm always hungry in 24-7. And so it's hard for me to tell whenever that hunger raises a few yeah. notches, you know? Because it's just, that's the story of my life is I want to eat, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it yeah. all of our stories? It's not something I'm proud of. I'm trying to overcome it. You're an overcomer. <laughs> You're an yeah, come overcomer. On. <laughs> that's all I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I know the rest of it. Let's not sing it. People are really like, uh, unsubscribe. Um, Okay. Are there any resources that you could put in our hands around the topic of being in a dry season? Um, Well, definitely music. I think, um, I'm trying to think. I even wrote a blog post. It was 12 songs to get through difficult times. Mm -hmm. And they were all Christian songs. And two that stuck out to me. Great. Now I'm going to go mine. And I even wrote them down, but I don't have the piece of paper that I wrote them down on. But the Lady Annabellum, she's is she a Christian singer now. I don't know, but she sings. Hold on. Okay. Thy, okay. Oh. Thy will. And then the other one is still. Okay. And so hold on. Let me I read did the, not know that was hers. Yeah. Oh. Yes. It starts out saying, am I allowed? Yeah. Is it okay if I read this? The lyrics? So, so thy will, Hillary Scott, and it starts out saying, I'm so confused. I know I heard you loud and clear. So I followed through. Somehow I ended up here. I don't want to think I may never understand that my broken heart is a part of your plan. When I try to pray, all I've got is hurt in these four words. And then it's great. I'm crying. I'm crying. (laughs) And then the chorus is thy will be done. And then it goes, you know, I know you're good, but this don't, this don't feel good right now. I mean, and so it's just talking about dry seasons Mm -hmm. and hard seasons and and the struggles and the heartaches that we face, but it's like, let Mm -hmm. your will be done, you know? And it's, I'm serious. I literally, yeah, it's I'm like, even though this sucks, like, thy will be done. 
Yes. Okay, last question. What is refreshing you these days? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I have two things. Okay, the first one is so really excited. silly, but it's the honest truth. Okay, the first one is little kid T-ball. Okay, so... <laughs> My nephew, he's four, and he started playing t-ball, and I have not been to a little boy's t-ball game probably since my Mm -hmm. brothers played, and so they're both older than me, so I would have been like five, okay? No, I would have been younger. I would have been even younger than that, and um, so I went to my nephew's game, and I've gone the past, you know, I've been to every game thus far, and um, just started like last (laughs) week, I think, and... Oh my goodness, it is the funniest thing I have ever seen in my entire (laughs) life. And you, for one thing, they are adorable in their uniforms. I have never seen anything cuter than a little kid wearing a baseball (laughs) baseball uniform, okay? Their their pants are too big, and it's just hilarious, okay? And so then, you know, they don't really know what they're doing, which makes them that much cuter. And it just brings me joy. I have never experienced so much joy watching a sporting event in my life. I mean, obviously, like, I love, I get joy playing basketball. But it's like watching little little kids play t-ball, it is life. And it has been so refreshing and just has given me so much joy. And it just, it seriously makes you so happy. I can watch it all day long, which sounds so crazy. But I mean it. If you haven't seen a little kid's t-ball game, just I Just go find a random little kid because, and show up to their t-ball yeah. game. Yes, yeah, yes. Maybe pretend you're like a mom right. or a relative and sit in the bleachers and not be like a creepy stalker, you know, yeah. way out in the outfield. But seriously, you have to, I'm, it changes your life. You're a better person because of it. Okay. So yeah, that's number one. I'll check it out. <laughs> okay, that's, that's silly, but it's serious. I'm 100% serious. And then number two is I'm rereading. I have, I have talked about this a billion times. I know I'm probably annoying everybody, but um, I'm rereading The Circle Maker by mm. Mark Batterson. I read this back um, a couple of years ago, and it changed my life. And it's about uh, praying circles around your your biggest dreams and mm-hmm. biggest fears. Oh, and it's it's actually the reason I think that I I'm pretty sure this book is the reason that I began journaling, mm-hmm. that I began keeping track of my dream and everything because. Um, he really talks about the importance of speaking your dreams out loud. And so I'm actually rereading it because that book was so transformational and it was such a pivotal point in my journey. And um, it was just, it helped me dream even bigger dreams and, and praying boldly about my dreams. You know, my, I sell a shirt that says dream big and pray boldly. And that's something that I believe in 100% because, and so much of that was drawn from this book. And so I'm rereading it because that's how good it is. And I recommend, I, I'm actually, I'm, yeah, I just recommend it to everybody. Anybody that has big dreams and you love the Lord and you're, you have no idea how in the world he is going to make it happen. Read this book and it just cha- it changes the way you walk. It changes the way you walk with the Lord and how you view mm. your dreams and your journey and the importance of drawing circles around your prayers. I mean, so, yeah, no, draw praying oh, circles wait. around your dreams. <laughs> dreams. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, yeah. you were so close. Uh, man. Oh man! Yeah. So yeah, definitely. That sounds refreshing. Yeah, I've heard sure. of that book, but I've never read it. So I really, I really think I should. Yes. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on. Thank you. Oh, uh, love fun. having you. You're the best. You're the best.